I'm Catherine Bresser, and you are listening to Talking About My Evolution. And today, well, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about um, going to a bunch of rock shows this past week, which was really fun. And then I want to talk about um, John Five, uh, John Lowry, who was one of the guys um, I saw this week. So anyway, uh, weird, funny thing. I, I, I saw three rock shows this week, and usually that only happens like when Summerfest is in town in the summer. Um, it happened one other time, gosh, probably about 10 years ago when I saw like two or three bands um, in February. Uh, anyway, it doesn't happen very often. Maybe, maybe occasionally I see someone like four or five years ago, I saw Allison Krauss in, in the winter and it's always just lovely to go see a show in the middle of winter. But, um, yeah, so I saw this local gal, Abby Jean and, um, gosh, she's a powerhouse. I think I talked about her in, in a recent podcast, but she's just, spectacular and she she lives in LA and in New York and spends time here so um, she's going to where she can make her dreams happen and then I also saw um, I was looking through an old newspaper from December and um, looked at the this local place Shank Hall um, their ad and it stretched out to um, the day I was looking was the last day out on the, you know, for the broadcasted future dates of shows. And I saw that John Five was coming and I couldn't believe it. I thought I actually, I was like, wait, did I miss it? And I, and I didn't. So I thought I could take Henry. John Five is um, this virtuoso rock guitarist. He's just amazing. He's from Gross Point. Um, I actually grew up with his sister. Um, John Lowry, just, anyway, cool guy, so insanely talented. He's played with all kinds of people, but he's best known for playing with Marilyn Manson and with Rob Zombie. So, I mean, I was kind of laughing that I was going to go see him because I'm not a heavy metal person. But when I went and saw his show, like, it wasn't just heavy metal. Like, three of the songs were reworked like one was reworked show tune i've got music <laughs> he's, he's up there like with monster makeup on <laughs> and he doesn't sing he just plays guitar but he was playing like i've got music the music i've got music who could ask for anything more <laughs> he's playing this on guitar for like five minutes and people are eating it up i was like wow what a, a strange, strange choice. It was so weird. And then he played like hee-haw stuff, like country stuff, again, in sort of a heavy metal style for a while. And then later he played the banjo. And then at one point he also played this beautiful, like very sweet, just lovely little, so I don't know. It was not a show I expected. Um, he did a medley at the end, um, which I guess he's known for. And I thought maybe it was the same every time, but I looked at some old ones on YouTube and 
and they they seemed to be different every time. This one was more poppy. It was interesting. It was like the police and kiss and um, I don't know. I can't. I, I recorded it. I mean, but like every song like was pretty seamless that he would segue into and everyone knew it and it was just really fun. It was like 13 minutes. So the fact that he can figure all that out on the fly, I mean, there's no doubt like he's talented, he's smart, and he's certainly eloquent. Um, he allowed me graciously to come backstage and say hello. Um, I waited around afterwards. People were paying $50 to get a photo with him. And I did not do that, but um, I, I told whatever the stage people like, see if he'd be willing to see me. Um, I grew up in Gross Point. I grew up with his sister and um, he agreed to let me come back. So anyway, I told him I didn't pay to get a picture taken. So we didn't do that because I thought that would have been horribly presumptuous. But instead, he gave me five minutes of his time, which was a hell of a lot more than he gave anybody else so I was really grateful um, for that and it was just nice chatting with him he's a, he's a nice guy um, actually he's in Gross Point right now like filming a sort of creation store origin story documentary which is kind of funny um, but anyway so uh, I went home and have been watching like different YouTube videos of his and some interviews and there was this great interview he's just he's really interesting to like listen to he he's he's a wise man <laughs> I, and he said you know kids ask me all the time like how do you make it and he said you have to go where your your audiences he said I, I knew I wasn't gonna get famous like hanging out in Detroit and playing music like I went to LA right after high school and I mean he's he, he's doing things that like Russell Brunson talks about and Dean and even Tony like he said he got known because he wanted to be a studio musician and he charged half as much and played twice as fast like lay down the tracks twice as fast as anybody else and he didn't have to do like multiple takes like he did his homework he was fully schooled in the style of music that people wanted um, he learned their whole catalog of songs like he busted his ass and he said for that reason like he got booked all the time to lay down tracks on people's records and people started to know his name and request him and when he went out for band auditions um, people wanted to work with him because he was super talented and you know very knowledgeable about like their styles he said he would even like buy the guitars that they use to make their particular sound um, he stopped using effects pedals because um, a couple people like said oh he's all sort of just technological wizardry and can't really play and that like whatever his pride poked through and now he basically doesn't even use any pedals he's like it's it's all me <laughs> um, but he said when kids ask him like how how do they make it big he's like you have to go to where 
the music is, where the studios are, where the, you know, I mean, he said, you have to go to New York or LA. That's where people make music. And I was thinking about that in regards to myself. I mean, I have been itching to leave Milwaukee since I got here and I'm still here. And, um, now it's because of my kids. My kids know I want to leave. And sometimes, you know, they're like, oh, we're so sorry you have to stay here. And I'm like, stop. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry it's so obvious that I want to go. Um, but wherever you are, like, I, that's where I want to be. Like, I'm choosing to be here, be with you. That's the most important thing to me. But every so often, like, this past week, we were envisioning where I would go next. And I still keep thinking I would go back to Detroit. I mean, the thing is, like, working with women over 40 or over 50 who are empty nest moms and looking for a way to um, get some clarity and, and uh, figure out what their next steps are, which is what I want to do, who I want to coach, um, those moms are everywhere. And I'm sure there are tons of them in Milwaukee. But Milwaukee's kind of a blue-collar town, and people don't want to spend money on coaching as much. They think it's weird. Um, and it's such a town entrenched in tradition and values. And, man, this town is run by, like, the Catholic churches and the Lutheran churches. There's other stuff going on. But for the most part, like, I, I don't know. I, it just isn't. It's a great place to raise kids, but I don't think it's a good place to be a coach. I'm not sure Detroit is either. I mean, I, ever since I've gone to L.A. for these Christy Sheldon live events, I mean, I am drawn out there. Franny said he doesn't like it, but he could see me there. And he was asking me about New York the other day. and <clears throat> I wanted to be in New York so badly as a kid. Or, you know, a young adult. But, um, well, as, as a teen as well. But um, it's too frantic, too, too, ugh, too much chaos. And, and the people aren't terribly friendly. I said I, I actually want to just be where the weather is kind of nice. <laughs> I know there's, like, traffic and stuff like crazy in L.A. And it's overpopulated and all that. And. You know, maybe it's not L.A. exactly that I'm looking to live in, um, but around L.A. But anyway, it, it would I think it would be just absolutely wonderful to live somewhere slightly warmer, slightly sunnier. Um, Franny was asking about Florida, and again, I, I don't think that's where my core audience is going to be. But I have also expressed interest in having, like, multiple homes. I mean, or multiple at least apartments um, so that I can move around depending on the weather and the audience and, and whatnot. I mean, the good news is most of the work I'm going to be doing is online. So technically I could live in Milwaukee and, you know, work with people in China or Austria or Peru. I mean... There are people all over the world who work with Christy and Rebecca and all these people I've been I've been training with. Um, so you know it shouldn't really matter where I live, but 
I just know the vibe here for me is not the right one. And um, anyway, John five, he, he reminded me that, um, you know, you want to go to where your audience is. It may not quite be as important. Like I'm saying about me with the whole internet, global zoom webinar kind of thing. Um, I mean, a lot, a couple of the coaches for Christy live in Montana. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to live in a big city. I, I just want to live where I'm happy. And again, not super happy in Milwaukee. I want to go where my tribe is going to be. That's really what it's about. And for that reason, LA may or may not be the right place to go. I think there are a lot of like spiritually active people, but there's also a ton of homelessness, a ton of drugs, a ton of like veneer, superficiality, power hungry stuff at work. Um, and, and so for that reason, you know, LA may not be the right place, but maybe a smaller town in California. Um, I don't know. We'll just see. I, I'm putting it out in the universe. Like, you know, what would it take to figure out where I would be happiest? Um, doing what I love to do, right? So, um, anyway, the last show I saw was a band called Joseph. And it's three sisters. And they sang in really tight harmony. And I don't know how I heard of them. But um, I was supposed to go with my friend Amy, but she got sick. And so I went alone, and it's funny because I, I, I got to a point where I didn't really want to go. Um, I was doing really well with my business proposal and kind of in the flow, and I had to interrupt that and get dressed and, and go do that. And um, if I hadn't had a ticket, I probably wouldn't have gone. But I was like, no, 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 you know you want to go. So I dragged my butt downtown and... Oh my God, the show was sublime. These sisters like work so well together. And I mean, not every song was great, but oh, they, they just, they just blew my heart wide open. It was so great. And the, they were, they were blown away by the audience. They, so many people were singing along to all the words and um, they just kept like putting their hands on their heart and they're like, oh my God, you guys are amazing. We haven't been here in so long. Like we wish we had come here sooner. Like you're one of our best audiences and the love you're showing us is, is just incredible. And so they, they gave it their all. I mean, at one point, like one of the sisters like just lay down on the ground because um, she sang her heart out and it was just a phenomenal show. So good. I'm so happy I went. So anyway, um, I had three really amazing shows last week that really fired me up, even though I didn't like super love John Five's um, show because I'm not uh, really dialed into virtuoso guitarists. Um, I totally appreciated his talent and certainly was grateful for the time he gave me. And... Um, Anyway, I learned something, you know, at each show. 
and uh, it really, it was a really great week. So um, hopefully you have been having a really great week too, and um, I'm going to sign off because this podcast has gotten kind of long. <laughs> so anyway, uh, take care of yourselves, and thanks for listening.